Are you ready to get provoked? You're listening to Can I Live, a show created to excite, ignite, and expose. Let's tune in with your host, R.W. Jones. All right. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Can I Live podcast. I am your host, R.W. Jones. And as you can see today, we are joined with Fair Housing's Fairy Godmother, Sharice Allen. We're very, very excited to have her in the building today. Today, we will be quick today, but you guys know we didn't do Tuesday's podcast, so we moved it to Thursday. I had some last minute business, some family uh, matters that I had to tend to, but nonetheless, you're here. I'm appreciative. I thank you. And we got some good, good information for you today. And if you don't use it today, what we do know is that you'll use it one day. And so last week we talked about fair housing. And, you know, for most of you who don't know what fair housing is, you see and you hear, you know, um, that there should be no discrimination against people. Uh, what is it? There's these protected classes. So it's race, color, religion, familial status, um, Let's see what else is here. What 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 are those protected classes? I'm looking online. Disability. Yeah. Um, wow. Let's see. By heart. Um, it's a whole the whole mantra. Yeah. The whole mantra. Um, but there should be no housing discrimination, meaning you should not be denied access to housing based off of race color, ethnicity, religion, familial status, disability, age. Um, and I think there's a few others. And while we know that, you know, they're the government, particularly the, the government, I'll say, is on record as basically, you know, co-signing the whole discriminatory acts that they did years ago, making it very legal to not lend to Blacks, to not provide rentals or home ownership opportunities to African-Americans. And so when we're looking at wealth gaps and stuff today, you're, you're thinking, well, how, you know, how did we get to this situation? And you can trace that. You can actually trace those steps so far back to, of course, you know, our inception here. But I, I like to talk about, and I like to bring things in the here and now in the more relevant tone today. Because sometimes, this is what I know, you judge a fruit by the, you judge a tree by the fruit that it bears, okay? This is what I know. I don't care how fancy or sophisticated individuals, um, entities, people, I don't care how fancy you get. Your true nature will show up in the fruit that you bear. So as HUD and other institutions are putting forth nice language on their websites that says, hey, we believe in this and we do this and we're going to penalize you for doing it. Let's look and examine HUD's fruit. And I think that we should. Um, we have, I'm waiting for um, another guest to come on from out of Raleigh. I think I might have to go onto the Facebook page. We were we received a notification last week from a tenant of that receives a housing choice voucher in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. Now, most of you might know I used to live in Raleigh for like ten years, and so very aware. I know this this female 
Um, she's always been about her business, always on that up and up, come up, you know, what we got to do, me and my family, what we got to do to get ahead. And so when she asked me specifically, um, you know, she received a voucher and she wants to also buy a home using her voucher. Now, here's what's so, so interesting. And here's where I think that other people are really not. So you have different types of people. You have people who are politically or political. So those are the, the people that's going to be trying to do all that they can to run and climb this political ladder, this ladder of power and prestige. And, you know, and you hear people talk all day, oh, we're going to reduce unemployment. We're going to increase jobs. We're going to do this and do that. And their plan is always the same. Like you go to Department of Labor, you work with putting more money in training. And most of you guys know out there that you have training. However, you still broke. You can have a thousand certificates and still be broke. And so, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, I'm so tired of people just talking this mantra when this stuff is not hidden. This is not fake news. This is not hidden news. When you're talking fair housing, when you're talking section three, when you're talking affordable housing, you're gonna have to hold these institutions accountable. However, for example, we could talk about, you know, with the new um, appointment for the, the secretary of HUD being an African-American mm -hmm. female, we would hope that things would change and the only way they're going to change is if we, as residents and those that live and really are tied to these communities who have loved ones in these communities kind of come forward and hold these people accountable, but where it matters most. Not with what sounds politically correct and not with, because somebody's pushing an agenda. Mm -hmm. And so those people who have donated to the Biden campaign, most of, most of this campaign contributions, I haven't checked you know, the finance campaign reports, but believe me, where most of the, the money came from, I'm hoping it came from the people and that's where his allegiance will lie. I'm hoping that we don't get caught up in the same rhetoric, but there needs to be some major, and I mean major attention paid to the housing, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, because it has the linchpins, it, it holds the, the linchpins, the cornerstones to building and, and um, building wealth and eliminating poverty altogether. And one might say, well, you know, that's just one institution, but let's talk about that institution just for a second because that institution was very critical mm -hmm. when it was the Federal Housing Administration was very critical in dispersing and prohibiting wealth opportunities. And so why would it not be even more so today just as critical, especially when you have more than 8 million head of household female um, families in just stuck in poverty. I mean, they're just stuck. A lot of them are disabled. Um, many of them have children. I think the, the percentages was like more than 50% of the, the family members that are in public housing are children. And so the moms are having children, then you think, okay, well, where are the fathers? And you're like, well, what does this have to do with fair housing? Everything. Because it has to do, and this topic on the one, two, three, the ABCs of advocacies is why isn't anyone talking about it? Number one, 
why are we talking about it? Damn the big dogs that's calming the, the congressional chain. Why are we not talking about it? Why is this not a thing amongst our community? Why when we sit down and have dinner, why we're not talking about our rights being violated? Are we so used to our rights being violated that we just totally count it as a part of life? It's mm. just like gravy on mashed potatoes. It's white on rice. It's the way it's supposed to be. So we we have conditioned our minds to just live in this very, very empty, isolated, dark, lonely, insufficient, inadequate mm. place. And I don't see um, the young lady from Raleigh. I don't see where she's joined us yet, but we'll use her situation because we believe that the city of Raleigh housing authority, let me be clear, because I did speak to it, um, the city council yesterday. His, his name is Corey Branch. He serves the constituents of Southeast Raleigh, which is a district that I ran for city council for when I lived in Raleigh. And actually we ran together. We wow. both ran together for the same seat and we both made it of, I don't know if it was like a pinky promise, but we were determined that either him or I would unseat the old regime because it was just guarded by the old guard. Those that were, you know, part of that democratic system. I mean, they were all retired, 67 median age and young people like ourselves, you know, weren't being heard and they weren't budging. So after running twice and losing, um, I just thought, you know what? This is really not what I want to do. It just wasn't for me. I didn't like the need to feel like I was making these promises because people bait you. These interest groups, they will bait you and they will bring you along to see how. And first of all, are you a candidate to push their agenda? To are you the one that they want to push the agenda? Can you be easily bought? Can you be easily persuaded? Will you give them a hard time? So they give you, you go on interviews with them to get their endorsement and you fight yourself for the endorsement because your goal is to win. You in this dog chasing game where you're bound to probably say yes to everybody. And that just was not for me. Um, and so thank you for, and shout out to Corey Branch from, the Raleigh City Council out in Southeast Raleigh. He um, has been on the council now a few years, but we did have a conversation because I did ask him to seriously look into the, you know what, let me make sure my, um, I have to audit, edit my audience. Cause usually if I don't edit my audience, no one can see my Facebook page. Great. Okay, and so it's important now that it's public, I could probably get Miss Lee on because she normally joins via the live, live stream. And so um, in my conversation with the city council, with Raleigh City Council's, um, what is it, Southeast Raleigh District C, um, Corey Branch, we talked about the fact that he had the largest unemployment in the whole Raleigh. He also had the largest, and we'll figure that why, because most of the minority, poor minorities was in District C, because you know how they do the, 
the, the that um what well, not the gerrymandering but where oh. they the zoning and they draw the lines and stuff. So mm -hmm. District C was where the jails were, okay? Where the public, a lot of the public housing units were. And so, you know, the city of Raleigh, the housing authority, let me start saying the city of Raleigh, the housing authority themselves in the city of Raleigh is also headquartered in Southeast Raleigh, which is mm -hmm. in Cory Branch district. And so I think it was very important to have a conversation and say, hey, there might be an issue. So if fair housing says that you cannot be discriminated, that you should not be denied access to move and have housing choice. So if you are a Section 8 voucher holder and you want to move to a high opportunity area or uh, what they call high impact opportunity zone, a higher income where damn it bullets don't come through your damn window at night. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the, I mean, that's really what it is. Mm -hmm. And bullets do really come through people's windows. I got a, a couple of, you know, residents and they show me the bullet holes and I'm like, O-M-G, that couldn't be me. Mm -hmm. um, but if you wanted to move into these higher areas and you were being denied, so let's say these, these individuals were posted on Facebook or posting these classifieds or, home, you know, rentals available and when you went to say hey my name is such and such you know I'm, I would like to know if your home is for rent and I would never call anybody and say hi I do you take vouchers that's not the approach no my name you know my name is Raquel I'm, I saw your home wanted ad or rental in the in the paper you know are you doing a showing I'm coming in I'm giving them all about me and you know at the end of the day after we build a bond, a relationship, I get to fill them out. They're filling me out. This seems like a perfect place for me and my family. I will then probably engage in the types of payment. Do they, you know, accept voucher payments? And I would probably say I'm very new to the program. I know that it has its negative connotations, but I can assure you through my resume and through the work that I've done, I do not fit any of that connotations. Do you work with the program? If they said no, I would say something like, you know, are you willing to, you know, work with the program? You know, um, it would help provide affordable housing for me and my family. It would also make sure that your rent was on time every single month. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I would sell the program in that way. However, in the event they said no, we do not take Section 8 holders. We don't take vouchers. Now, it's not them saying, no, they don't take vouchers. Because vouchers, just like it gives you freedom to choose where you want to live, as a private landlord, landlords can choose who they want to live in the house. They just can't discriminate against a Black person living in the house. Because being Black, African-American, race, class, social class, status, those things are not status, but those things are considered the protected class. And so as long as they were not preventing African-Americans from living in their properties, then you would say, okay, they just don't take vouchers. Um, but what happens, what'd you say? I'm sorry, excuse me. I just wanted you to know I've got that protected class for you. If you what is if the you protected classes? Okay, um, uh, it says the Federal Fair Housing Act prohibits the denial of housing to a person to a person based on membership in protected classes, or race, color, religion, national origin, sex, familiar status, and disability. 
Right. So I thought it was like 13, but that sounds like eight. Yeah. Um, okay. And so you could not beat the nine housing simply because of that. But no one nowadays would just deny you housing. But what if a housing authority, such as the city of Raleigh's housing authority, or let's say Raleigh housing authority, let's be specific. What if that housing authority chose who's, who's, whose tenant base is 99.5% African-American? What if the housing authority decided that they didn't participate or choose or want to participate? I don't know what the choice is in any type of self-sufficiency programming. So, you know, there are self-sufficiency programming that the housing authorities can engage in to help upward mobility and help you prepare for home ownership. Now, home ownership, which we talked about before, was a factor in which you could take your voucher and instead of them paying your landlord every single month, they will then give you the check and you pay your mortgage for 15 years. So then you have to think now, why nobody's talking about that? Like this 8 million of us out here or in vouchers. Why no one is talking about the fact that, you know, this is a thing. And when I talked to a bank, I said, well, why don't you write these transactions? They said, well, it's not that we don't write them. We don't get the volume. Meaning we're not getting the demand for voucher homeownership is not high. And we need a certified HPAP. They call it HPAP. That's the program. Um, specialist to be able to write it. And so I said, interesting. So a housing authority like Raleigh Housing Authority, who may refuse. Now, it's optional for housing authorities, but let's make this plain. If your leadership in the Raleigh Housing Authority are mostly white men or women, but your constituency, meaning your residents are mostly African-American, and there are no self-sufficiency programs, there are no ways to upwardly move about there are no opportunities for you to purchase the housing in your jurisdiction they're building affordable housing but they're not building it for you so yes this is a message for everybody that lives in raleigh housing authority whether you're in public housing or whether you whether you receive a voucher now i can't just blame you like well what's going on with y'all what what kind of kool-aid everybody drinking over there because it's the same everywhere i could go to topeka kansas and it's going to be the same i could come here to dc and it's going to be the same and so i don't even know if there was a point in public housing where and i'm talking about in our era the last 10 20 years and i believe there were where women were really actively pursuing upward mobility it was denied. So I can't even blame it on, oh, we got tired of trying. We got tired. We so tired of going everywhere. We do so much and we get our, you know, we always get the door slammed in our face. So we just tired. Everybody's just tired. I don't think I'm going to even remotely say that anymore because this is what I know. When you have your hand out and I'm going to say it and I say it because I, I mean, I turned down the voucher. But I didn't turn it down because I was better than anything or anyone. I turned it down because I knew if I took that voucher, I would be giving too much room to my flesh to not mm -hmm. get my ass up in the morning. Mm -hmm. And this is Dr. McTerry. Hey, Kim. Oh, my God. No, please tell me you didn't speak to Corey wicked ass friend. Oh, Jesus. You on the speakerphone and you on the podcast. <laughs> Truth. Oh, 
Well, I'm going to just have you join. I'm going to just join you by speakerphone. I didn't say that, y'all. This is Dr. <laughs> McTarian. She is a, a host of ours every now and again. And I'm sure she would absolutely love to speak in on the topic. I did ask her to come in and, you know, just kind of be a part of the conversation. But Truth matters. It, it does. And I mean, here's what I know. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. What was I saying? I was talking about the voucher and how when I relinquished the voucher or didn't go and take the voucher, I didn't take it because I thought I was better than I didn't take it because I didn't want to give that much room to my flesh. Now, some people are different. I knew that my child support would cover the rent. So I knew that there was days that if I didn't feel like it, Mm. I wouldn't even get out of bed. Mm. And so I didn't want that. I just didn't want to give that my flesh that much opportunity to rest and, and sit down and, 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 you know, have a choice. I didn't give my flesh a choice. I was like, listen, now this was before I knew you could purchase a home with it. Had I known you could purchase a home with the voucher, I would have been taking the opportunity to do so. But coming into a place like the Raleigh housing authority and then finding out that there were no, opportunities for me to take my voucher and purchase a home then me and Raleigh would have went toe-to-toe so I say this to say to all of the um uh, house what is it housing choice voucher section 8 voucher program participants you receive a voucher if you in public housing you know that's why we have Sharice Allen here to talk about the one, two, threes, and ABCs of advocacy because that is bare minimum. Advocacy doesn't have to look like you taking on the Martin Luther King march across the state bridges and walking to your to your shoes get holes in his feet. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Don't look. It don't have to be that big of a of of an ordeal. It could be a phone call. It could mm-hmm. be a letter. It could be you just talking to your neighbor. And so, Sharice, if you can, because then we'll go to Dr. Mokhtarian. Okay. You know, when, it, when I spoke to Miss, well, I will say this. When I spoke to Corey Branch, he asked me to send him an email, which I haven't sent yet, but I will send it tomorrow. And he wanted to discuss, you know, what this could look like. But I could tell that Corey was very, very reserved. And he definitely knew that I was a little bit more rebellious. So, he, you know, anything dealing with me, he's probably going to have to you know, think three, four, five times first and then be very cautious. Um, now what his reservations are, and everybody doesn't have the same risk tolerance. Some people are risk averse. So some people can just absolutely jump dead head in. That's me. I will jump head first mm-hmm. and don't know if there's some pillows, if there's a bunch of water that's going to catch me. I'm just jumping head first. And some people are so methodical the way they have to count every single thing because they it's really fear. Now, and there's some people just built like that where they just don't move unless they're led to move or feel like they, they are, that this is the fight that they're supposed to bring on. So I don't judge people's reason for not moving on certain issues. But when you have a whole constituency where yeah. your whole block constituents are facing poverty to the degree that everybody else in your district or in your city and everybody else in the city of Raleigh is prospering but then there's this one population that can't seem to prosper and most of those population or demographics live in my district I would not be quiet for no reason at all 
And I would do everything in my power to ensure that my residents knew that we don't play that game. And so I've asked several times that I have Miss, I think Miss Lee has, hey Ron, how you doing, Ron? Um, hi. I think uh, Miss Lee from Bali has also joined us because right. here's what happens when you live in a housing authority you have a voucher. She says Wake County, which is the housing authority that I used to chair as a commissioner. So I was a commissioner of Riley Housing Authority. I mean, the Wake County Housing Authority, excuse me. HUD will not allow you to port to Wake County. So if you have your children, your family, your friends, your nephews, nieces, everybody is in your vicinity in the city of Raleigh, you would literally, if you want to purchase a house, you would not have to move to Durham if they even would port your voucher in and if the payment standards are somewhat similar. So that's another thing. So you probably can port to dorm, but what if you don't want to live in dorm? What if you want to live in Raleigh? I thought this was all about choice. Yeah. You can't port to Wake County because Wake County is the same dish, is the same county as Raleigh. Raleigh, the city of Raleigh, is in the county of Wake. And so the fact that they have two separate housing authorities administering two separate types of programs, one gives you upward mobility and the other one doesn't. The residents should be raising hell. Absolutely. And so I beg to put, there's a thesis that I have, and I believe that this, the Raleigh Housing Authority is clearly, clearly violating all of its constituents' fair housing rights. Yes. Simply by refusing to participate in the Housing Choice Voucher Program's home ownership program. Absolutely. Fair housing, don't forget, is all about housing choice. Now you have residents that want to purchase home. You have Section 8 voucher participants who have lived in their homes for almost 20 years mm -hmm. and don't own it, meaning they haven't built equity. They don't have that as an asset on their you know, financial portfolio. So they're a renter for 20 years. No one, and, and then so you have to say, so let's go into the one, two, threes. I think um, this is a perfect okay. time, Sharice, to talk okay. about, you know, first step first, what is the first thing that someone should do um, when it comes to advocacy? What's number one? What is the first thing that they need to do? Okay, well, first I want to just thank you for, for um, just giving, giving us this voice. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's important and there's no one, um, there's uh, not that I know of, and I've been doing this for 17 years and there's no one who is um, making this relatable, um, it, making a very uncomfortable situation as a black, as a person of color, disabled, as a woman, as um, being someone that's poorer than poor. Um, these are very uncomfortable situations and um, it's very rare that you can find a platform that gives you a respected, a, a, res a respectful platform to to voice your issues. And I just want to thank you so much. I want to thank you, um, 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 the Can I Live podcast, and and you, Rachel, I, I Raquel. I think this is just um, amazing and it's so important. And um, on to the ABCs and one two threes. Um, uh, just a little background. My name is Sharice Allen. I'm the founder and director of the Alabama Fair Housing Network. I fight for the rights 
of African-American women and children with mental illness participating in federally funded housing um, and, this, and programs in the state of Alabama. So the first thing, um, these are just 17 years of discrimination. Like I said, I'm, I'm African-American. I'm someone with a mental health issue. I'm someone who at times has, have been very, very poor. And I'm someone that um, has a disability. And if you're one of those things in Alabama, you're, you're considered nothing. And I'm all for and have been all for at many times. And so what I've learned to do to empower myself and to empower others um, that find themselves in vulnerable situations in region four, especially region four is Raleigh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Mississippi, Tennessee, um, Alabama, and um, uh, that uh, Florida, uh, that area right there, um, we do tend to see um, uh, not more, but just um, harsher, I'll say, um, uh, forms of, of uh, uh, discrimination. And so, um, so what I came up with was the ABCs and one, two, threes of just how to make it simple for me to advocate for myself without being a lawyer, but, but um, giving me the ability to stand my ground in a respectful and dignified manner that got me results. And so first is A, being aware. That's the number one thing. The first thing I had to do was I had to know my rights. I had to just simple, you know, just simply going to, um, like you said, the Fair Housing Act, learning what is the protected class? What is familiar status? You know, I didn't know what that mean. What is, you know, what do they mean by race um, and a natural origin? Just really, if you Google it, just Google it you know, um, find out what's going on. If it feels wrong in your gut, if it feels like it's un-American, um, just Google it, look it up. What, it, what does the law say about this, Google? You put that in, it'll pull up everything you need in layman's terms. Um, so just A is being aware, B is build, build your case. If you find out, if you're aware that something is going on and you find out that there's, there's um, an alternative way or a law or solution that identifies something that, that can uh, better your situation, then you build, you write it down, you, um, you uh, build your case and you, 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 once you become aware of it, then you build your case. What is, what is, what is the solution for this? How can I attack this? And then um, C is confidence. After you're aware, after you built your approach this incident, I told her, I shared with her that um, the first, I've been doing this for about 18 years. The first eight years, I, I, um, I didn't know my rights and I had a heart attack because of the discrimination and all of the things that had built up. And um, so that, that first eight years, when I first went, I, I, was, I was aware and I, and I tried to build my case but for that, after that eight years, as I approached each issue, um, I was slammed because I'm talking, a lot of times you're gonna be talking to people in Washington, DC, you're gonna be talking to region, region four, region seven, each, each um, HUD office has a, 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 a region that's over uh, particular states. And when you, when you speak with them without confidence, um, they will chew you up and spit you out. Yeah. And, um, and the thing that I learned the next eight years as I approached it, um, the laws had not changed. 
Um, the only thing that changed was my confidence. I, I believed what I read and I believed that it did apply to me because the system will make you think it is, it is corrupt, it is racist, it is sexist, and it will, and it, 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 um, it takes pure advantage of people with disabilities, especially um, in the area of your confidence. The next eight years, I approached each situation, same laws, just with the confidence that I, that I did not have eight years prior to that. And like she said, I set statutes of limitations and, and I, um, I mean, I'm sorry, I set, I set presidents in some cases. And even if it was just um, county or statewide, statutes are statutes. There are things that have been established that you can lean on to give you credibility for the next step that you're trying to take when someone else is trying to to feel you've already filled that shoe and they can get on your back and, and push forward with that rule or regulation. Mm -hmm. The second, the second um, area is the one, two, threes. The one, two, the first one is identify the issue. A lot of times you run around and you have this gut feeling. I'm not talking about people with degrees. I'm talking about people that have left high school, that's gotten their GEDs, may not have your GED. You walk around your home and for years you've had that gut feeling that this isn't right. I should not be looking at this mold. My, my grandchildren, my children should not be living in this, um, uh, uh, with, with this type of um, indecency going on right in front of us. And it's just in your heart, you know that something's not right identify that issue, call it, call a spade a spade, call it like it is, and don't be afraid to trust your gut. Number two, know your rights. Look, Google the Fair Housing Act, HUD. They'll pull up a lot of other different laws. Um, uh, don't be afraid to just, Google doesn't know you, just go to Google and be like, what is this? What is that? That's exactly what I did. And um, so that you know your rights, once you've identified the problem, you know your rights, the next thing is options. Something for the first eight years of my life dealing with um, Alabama housing system, I never, I was just a woman without options. I mean, many times feeling suicidal, wanting to give up, wanting to, just feeling like I wasn't a worthy mom, a worthy person, mm -hmm. because I did not have options. And with options, you can make a plan of attack. So those are quickly, and we'll talk about those in, a, in the weeks coming more more precise and, 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 and get questions and stuff about them. But those are the basic ABCs and one, two, threes that make me a, a, a threat to many. <laughs> Come on now, I love threats. But she said, number one, the one, two, threes is one, identify the issue. What is the issue that you have? Like with Miss Lee out in Raleigh, her issue is she wants to purchase a home using her voucher whether she's learned it from being a part of the show, whether she always knew it was a thing, she has a voucher. She's a voucher holder in the city of Raleigh, in the Raleigh Housing Authority, and she wants to take her voucher and purchase a home. So identifying the issue, I want to purchase a home and I'm not able to because they don't participate. Number two, what Cherie said, after you identify the issue, is, do, is this a right that I have? Yeah. Is this a right of mine? Um, so finding out what rights residents have who live in public housing, she said, just a simple Google, what rights do I have as, so I would probably choose a Google housing choice voucher, section eight rights, tenant rights, mm -hmm. and then, or section eight voucher, homeownership, tenant rights. 
and read up on it because guess what? It's okay for me to know it. And it's okay for Sharice to know it, Dr. McTarran to know it. We can all know it. But at the end of the day, if you don't know it, then you are at the disadvantage. Because if anything was to happen to any one of us, does that mean that your case, your desire, your will, your, your, your purpose, your plans just go in the garbage? Absolutely not. Never give anybody that much control. And could I, I'm sorry, could I interject one quick thought? Um, it, um, and is it Miss Lee? Her name is Miss Lee. I think, I think she said she was coming in. So Miss Lee, well, for, well, just ex example for Miss Lee and anybody else who might find themselves in a familiar situation. Um, it, it, not just um, uh, about knowing your rights. And so the right, the, 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 okay. So say that you, you look it up and you find out that they actually don't have to participate. It really is the choice of the, the housing authority, do they think that's better for them? Does it does it work better for them? Don't stop there. Okay, it's their choice, but there are other things that protect you. Like, is it a predominantly black area? Is it a, a, a low, low income area? Are there other identifying issues that make this an issue worthy of bringing up? And should it be, if there is, say for instance, um, I think you said Durham, why in God? Why in God's name would you have it in Durham, but you wouldn't have it in Raleigh when you know that um, the, the people in, in Raleigh may be affected more by um, uh, uh, unfair housing practices? So things like that, you need to you branch out on. Just don't just stop if you see that they have a right not to do it. I can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry, because I had my phone muted. I'm so sorry. I said that, um, or, or I would even call Wake County. I said, when, we, when I was the chair, the great Bernetta Smith, she was so freaking fabulous um, and awesome. They, you know, Wake County gladly was looking for residents to help participate, um, in the homeownership program. And maybe if, like you said, what are my options? That was number three. What are my options? Because what if there is a legal <clears throat> or something technical that has transpired that is creating Raleigh not to have or participate in this program? Finding that out before we go ham in the paint would be critical. Yeah. But maybe there's some reciprocity that Wake and Raleigh can work together and maybe HUD will co-sign if it's a technical issue. You understand what I'm saying? Because if it's technical and they did something like they were bad stewards over it and they got slapped on the hand by HUD and they couldn't do it again, that's something like you said, Sharice, residents should know the rights and should know that is the reason why that is not a thing. However, in the event that that is not, you know, the thing, if that's not a thing, um, then we need to understand a little bit more. So definitely doing the research. Then I love the ABC, she said awareness. Awareness was everything. Being alert, aware of what's happening. That you're not the only one here that is in this circumstance or situations. Doing some research to see how many other voucher holders are there that wanna participate in, in home ownership but were denied. You know, because at the end of the day, the proof would be the burden would be on the city of Raleigh. I keep saying city of Raleigh, 
the proof of the burden would be on the Raleigh Housing Authority as to why they did not provide. And if they were to say anything like we did not have a demand, that would be the most inappropriate excuse because when did you did you even put it out there at one point in time? Did you have it and then you stopped because you didn't have a demand? Did you have and put all of these programs out there and then you stopped? So they have to be very careful on how they answer the question. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I know that I told Dr. McTarian to join us. So I don't know, Dr. McTarian, you're very familiar with the Raleigh Housing Authority. You're even more familiar, you know, with the politics of Raleigh plantation politics that's what that is out there um and so what i do know is residents will we're probably going to have to garner a little bit more support from residents because i know for me while i'm called to maybe be a leader in this industry i'm not the only one and i can't fight all of everybody's battles we can fight them together But if you don't love your life enough to get yourself up off the couch or the bed or off the front step and get on the phone, call, email, call your mama, cousin, call somebody, somebody knows somebody that knows somebody. Absolutely. To say, hey, I heard you could Google anything and we're going to pop up. Mm -hmm. As long as you say, hey, I'm in it. I want to know more. You tell me what to do, I'm willing and I'm able, then by all means, we 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 go, we we in this together. But I can't, it's it can't be me dragging you. I can't drag you to own your own home. I can't drag you to the city council or to the county, to the housing authorities board of commissioners meeting. I can't, you know, I might write the petition, but I can't sign it for everybody. So, you know, there has to be a more concerted effort. I know Miss Lee was interested specifically in a home ownership program. And so, um, I mean, twofold, Ms. Lee. Yeah, I know you was looking just for you to buy a house, but what if God wanted something different? What if in in the midst of you trying to buy your house, you also had to help other people become aware of their rights as voucher holders to purchase homes? Somebody has to make the issue an issue. And it just takes, it looks better when there's an issue coming from a person that had the voucher versus someone like me coming from Washington, D.C. that's trying to, that, you know, that looks like I'm just trying to start trouble down there. They, you know, they got enough trouble. Um, I don't know if Ms. Lee is still here, but if she's here, she could text in or come into the Facebook chat. But Dr. McTarian, what was you going to say about the whole issue? Because I know I have asked you in the past several times to check up on certain things and I don't know if you ever got around to it um if they denied it you know they said no what what has been your take out there in Raleigh well you know um let me first say uh, thank you uh, Raquel for even having this uh, podcast or just uh, informative meeting amongst the minds of course, you know, it takes one to know one and without someone initiating the need for us to even be aware, you are at your wit's end. And so, you know, I want to say thank you for, you know, calling this meeting and from those that I've heard thus far, the testimonies and just the travel and the journey of life 
that allow us to partake in each one of your missions. I personally um, was a voucher holder. And um, I think I can say from experience, Raquel is probably talking about me. She said, um, you know, she's asked someone to uh, spearhead this. And I, I laughed because she assisted me in writing a letter asking for information from the Raleigh Housing Authority. And believe it or not, I let it go this morning at 12 o'clock midnight. That letter that had been sitting in my email for probably two months just left this morning at midnight. Wow, look at that. I printed it off, I put it in the in the envelope, and I drove, after I took my daughter-in-law to, to the warehouse that she works at, and I put it in the mailbox. So, you wow. know, she knows I work in timing. Um, and for her to even call the city um, and start dealing with this issue. So I'm full gear on board um, mm -hmm. and there's no turning back. And again, awareness is key. If you don't know, how can you fight something you don't know? Sure. And and truthfully, sometimes we don't want to know. I think I heard uh, Raquel said she stayed far away from it, but I also heard the sister mm -hmm. says that she was knee deep in knowing and that was her only way of coming out is if she knew more mm -hmm. um and i think those are the two extremes by which most black people live and then you have the rest of the black community who um put blinders on and just hope it never hits them and so Amen. what tends to happen is you have those who are too scared to fight those who won't fight and those who um, hope that the fight never comes to them and we can't avoid these issues no more. Um, and I'm for one, I believe in the fight. So um, I believe it is the key to um, one of our successes. I won't say all, but of course, a, a snippet of what we do need in our communities. Um, and us not utilizing that resource have cost us greatly. Um, I've, I have mothers through my organization who have Wait, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. Say that again. Say that again. You have mothers in your life. I've had families. I've oh. known young women who are mothers um, because their sons are in prison. Um, oh. And they were on Section 8. They were in public housing. And I'm appalled at the stories of them who don't know about that opportunity, yet the labor force, which is their sons, are sitting in concrete slabs with no skills. And they mm -hmm. could have been building their legacy. Yeah. So, you know, Come they would on. rather yeah. pay for them to stay dorm mm -hmm. dormant with no skills mm -hmm. and become a commodity for low-income white people to have a job and manage them as slave patrols than to give them their 40 acres and a mule through this program. So, of course, yeah. I am 100% behind the liberation of our people. And if Section 3 and the um, housing vouchers is one of the tickets out, yes. then by all means, yes. we should seize the moment and, 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 and demand you know, if they're not accepting vouchers, then a law should be passed, um, yeah. that they have no choice. 
and or just give us you know what is due us and then we don't have to you know we don't have to ask you that you know ask you for access at all because this that is basically what you're dealing with you're dealing with an issue called access mm, that's good because you just said something about you said that you a lot of the moms and i'm pretty sure the moms that even live in public housing and section eight have um and this is dr mcterry and everyone for those i'm showing a picture of you so Oh boy. Yeah, because, we, you know, we got to do what we got to do here on the phone and on the Zoom and on the Facebook. So this is yes. Dr. McTarian here. And I think it's important for us to know that Section 3, for sure, to me, it is a part of fair housing. Um, it is a fair housing right because my rights here as a tenant were supposed to be upheld by the enforcing agency, which is HUD. However, you refused to not only you concentrated me into these high poverty areas, you restricted my access to move into suburbs and high impact areas, and then you restricted the access to the monies that could have alleviated my poverty situation. And mm -hmm. now because I couldn't move out and I was sought in these horrible zip codes, we understand that unemployment and, and um, we know what breeds crime, high yeah. poverty areas breed criminal activity, not because it's a part of the nature, but it's, it's a part of the jungle. It's the survival. It's, it's what we have to get a buy. So you're going to have people that says, listen, I'm not going to starve to death literally alive so i'm going to sell this crack cocaine i'm going to sell my body i'm going to eat i will survive because i will find someone that wants to buy from me so i will exchange something of value whether it's my soul whether it's my life whether it's what's between the, my legs whether That's it's cool. what i cook up in the kitchen whether cool. you will not stop me from living and it's that type of mentality or not even mentality more than it's that type of obstruction of justice and, and, and access that creates desperation in a people to have to create means for survival. So these, these are crimes of poverty and HUD is the number one institution that is yeah. very much so responsible. They have been given the authority, the, they are the enforcing agency over two critical, critical components that will alleviate poverty in this whole United States of America. Absolutely. Because if you go to any city and you look at their poverty, I promise you more than half of that poverty rate would be tied to a voucher, whether it's a Section 8 voucher or it's gonna be tied to a public housing unit Thank or you. some subsidy. Because when you poor, you can't pay full market rate. And so, they, so the fruit, let's look at the fruit of HUD and let's hope and pray that this new administration won't do politics as usual, but yes. will get to the heart of the matter by going to the least of them That's right. and opening up these gateways that says you will enforce section three or you'll get no money. Because I'm going right. to promise you, if I ran HUD, I promise you, Go ahead and not hire. Go ahead and not train. Go ahead and not contract. You will have no money next year. 
That's it. How many? Guess how many jobs will be like poof? We be like, hey, everybody have a job. Ricky the Wino in the alley will be holding up the little sign, the water sign. He'll be running up and down the street with water, trying to feed the contractors. Everybody will have a job, and that's the approach. That's dogmatic. You really serious, Biden? If you really serious, Kamala? If y'all really That's serious, right. Fudge? If y'all really serious about this? But here's another thing: I need to talk to the families real quick before we end. If you're serious, because they they this is not a magic wand. This ain't Disneyland. You're not just putting a magic wand and making this happen. Are you serious about your life, about your legacy, about what God has promised you? If he said we the head and not the tail above and not beneath, the lender and not the borrower, everything our hands touch prospers. We're more than conquerors. We are the light Come of the on. world, the salt of the earth. If we all of that and we living below anything like that, then maybe it's not. It's somebody that is doing some real intentional obstruction of pathways. Right. And we better get real intentional about removing the barriers ourselves. Right. And let me say this too, you know, um, I think the whole structure of how um, the nation handles departments and bureaucracy should be um, The reason why I say is because, first of all, you have a us versus them mentality when it comes yes. to places like HUD. Um, it's the people and the tenants versus management, and management is never going to tell um, those the opportunities that are available to them because they are paycheck away from hood and a check so you know again it, I've noticed that like you see, you've told your testimony so many times about how the person at social services looked like she took it personal when she added to your application is that you know people are always climbing this ladder for survival and success and so if I give you too much power that means it may diminish my power and so again when you have this constant battle, battle of survival and nobody can actually win, you know, um, then you create pockets of poverty intentionally, whether the people mean it or not. So you don't get the managers uh, of HUD or those that are administrators uh, outside of Bonetta, of course, who are objectively making sure that their tenants are moving. Right. Um, they're not intimidated by another's success. And I even hear, you know, even down into religion, I've heard um, the, the language that we use amongst each other, like God favored me and, uh, or, you know, look what he did for me, almost to say, but he didn't do it for you. And, you know, it's always this competition. That, Absolutely. You know, it, it, you know it, I don't hear that kind of stuff in the Catholic church or the Protestant church, mm -hmm. but you know, black people have been made to survive and fight and scrap for so long. So it's, it's even embedded in our religion that, mm -hmm. you know, we even have to fight for God's favor and, and him to like us. Mm. And, and, mm. It's, and it's, it's a sick mentality. That's sick. Yes. Like it's, it's not it's enough for him to go around. Exactly. And it's ungodly. It's ungodly. Yeah, we are saying, you know, favor ain't fair. We're the only people who say stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. We hey, let that we let that should, desperation be, creep in. We yeah. must have forgot the hey. part that says rejoice with those that do rejoice. What happened to us rejoicing when our sister <laughs> we should all be rejoicing? And if we all had what each other had, we couldn't be jealous. Exactly. Yeah. 
you know, you don't have anything that I couldn't have. And I want to make sure you have it. So yes. that's why you don't see. Amen. They have us so in survival mode. Yes. It's, it's almost, it's a illness that is wrong. And then we that's wonder right, why Sharice. our boys are killing each other and don't even know each other's Come names. Yes. It that's is right. so embedded in the fibers of our everyday lives now. It, until it's sad and those are the things that we have to say this is you know having lack of access creates crime yeah, and it yeah. creates hate and self-hate and murder and and mental illness and yes. drug abuse and suspensions yes. and alternative medicine and you know it, it suicide on and on yeah. so i i am in total agreement with you know what this is beautiful always and this is our time so what i want to say and what i know is the i remember reading a scripture that says does the does the does he that gives ears not hear and then that and he that gives eyes does he not see you don't think he Mm -hmm. has seen you don't think that god has seen and heard and he will he is faithful he he is Mm -hmm. a promise giver he is faithful on his promises and what he has started i promise you it might take time but he will finish it it will get finished and this work is already finished and we're walking it out so i thank god for can i live in sos and alabama fair housing you know network i thank god for our tenacity and ability to move forward despite our circumstances our situations that everything was against us, most people would have given up. But I promise you, the promise that God has created in each and every one of us, it will manifest. Yes. If not tomorrow, then it manifests daily. And so what the fruit of it, let it be glorious to the kingdom. Let it be glorious yes. to our father. Let it be rejoice. My favorite fairy scriptures, Proverbs 2.9.2, when the righteous are in authority the people rejoice but when the wicked rule the people mourn and they go into hiding and Mm. i hope and this is how you're gonna know because they just probably want to trump out that office so bad but (laughs) let's see if this new administration if this new administration don't bring people out then maybe the they're both one and the same we will have to soon find out because some of us don't believe some of us believe that this is the ticket to the next place. And I promise you, God going to show you they one in the same. That's it. He's going to show it. us they one in the same. And he's going to tell us to come from out of it. Come from out of her. That's come it. from out of her. And let's do God. And that's where we are right now. This season, this next season, we're walking it. If it ain't God, it won't grow. And we just decree that and declare we don't have to. That's just the, that's the word. That's where we are. If it ain't God, it ain't going to grow. And when I say it ain't God, that don't mean everything got this sound like the Episcopalian of the seven knights and dwarfs of of Ezekiel on high. It don't have to sound like that. But God, it it will all work for his will as it always has. And so I know we are at our time. I thank you, Dr. McTarian, for joining us as usual. And I know you work in time. And I'm so glad that you mailed that letter off this morning. <laughs> because like I told Corey Branch, the city council, I said, oh, I said, it's going to creep. I said, the fact that I said, whenever I start getting ticks on my radar for a certain city or state, God wants to deal with a thing. I said, mm-hmm. and 
I'm just telling you, you might want to, you know, get get in front of it if you can. I said not to do damage control, but to be a part of the solution that's coming. And so I yes. hope that once we send the email to Mr. Branch out in Southeast Raleigh, that, you know, he, he God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, of a sound mind, of power, of might and a sound mind. Yes. And I pray that that is who is running the city councils, the county commissioners, the, the, the um, mayor's offices, the governor's offices, the congressional seats, and our president. And that, you know, all that needs to be done in this new season, it will be done. So thank you, Sharice, um, Fair Housing's Fairy Godmother. I'm sure we will have many, many Always conversations um, about fair housing because it's a, a huge, huge, huge law. And I think if we can bring something so big and complicated, it sounds, it sounds like it, it's, it's kind of likened unto smoking and the Surgeon General putting mm -hmm. the warning on the mm -hmm. side of the cigarette packet that says warning, smoking yeah. can create or cause cancer from the Surgeon General. Yeah, okay, we know that. But it doesn't speak of the intentional, strategic and deliberate yeah. attempts that tobacco companies use to get people hooked and the ingredients that they put in the cigarettes to get you addicted. That's exactly, you know, that's what we have to unveil because yeah, at the end mm. of the day, we know fair housing is a right and we know violation yeah. of that fair housing would be discriminatory or unjust, yes. but there's a bigger picture. There's bigger drivers. And we are hoping that this new administration would know enough and be sensitive enough to organizations like ours to ensure that those drivers are no longer drivers. Absolutely. And that cut the bleeding, cut the, you know, cut it. Let's do whatever we got to do because you better believe her phone rings off the hook with everybody and a plan and an agenda. And mm. if you will, and if you're not talking section three, if you're not talking taking vouchers and purchasing homes, then you really don't know how to move poor people to a wealthy place. And so for that, we will say good night. Make sure you join us Tuesday. Next Tuesday, I do want to let you guys know we are unveiling our One Million Moms of Welfare strategy. And I know people think, oh, One Million Moms of Welfare, uh, that sounds good. I don't know why more white people are happy about that than Blacks. Yes. Black folks seem scared. White folks is like, oh my God, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're trying to figure out, you know, one of the things we're kicking off 2021 is we did some research and we found out that child support was directly correlated to welfare dependency. So mm. there was a report that wow. was done that they could determine how long you would stay on welfare by the amount of child support you oh. received. And so there has been a deliberate effort to keep fathers away and out of our lives. And if you think the chokehold is on us as women, the chokehold, the noose, uh, the, the, the handcuffs, the blindfolds, the potato sacks, all of that is on the men. And yes, so we're kicking 2021 off with a bang to discuss the child support chronicles because we're looking at fathers as a part of the solution 
and no, no longer a part of the problem. It will no longer be us versus them. We know that, and we're looking, and our plan is to cancel child support debt for active fathers. So we're really excited about that. So um, next week, we're talking about the whole strategy and the plan. We're going to take the 29th, I think that week off. Next week, I think it's the 22nd, the 29th, we have off. And then on New Year's, we're kicking it right out the door with the child support chronicles. And that is what we will, um, until we launch our adult animated play, called Get Your Hands Out My Pocket, which airs and debuts Father's Day of 2021. We will be on child support, child support, child support, and making sure that our moms get access to child support and that child support can be used for the children, you know, and that fathers can come off paper, get licenses back, build better relationships, become better parent partners, become better fathers and higher income earners. So we're doing that for the first six months of of next year. And we're really excited about it. And so in order to even build fathers, yes, you're still talking section three. Yes, you're still talking voucher holders because it's still about building wealth and getting access. So that conversation never goes anywhere. But I do want you guys to make sure you tune in because this is only the beginning. So thank you, Kim, because you were there when we started this podcast back in June of this year. Thank you for you know continuing to support us. Shout out to Wendy Griffin out there. She is a, uh, a donor. She makes sure she makes her contribution every month to us. So we're really, really grateful for that. Um, just to kind of keep, you know, keep the wheels moving, keep the wheels turning. So um, with that note, you guys, a blessing. Good night. Um, I, I feel like it's Christmas this week, but it's not. It's next. <laughs> Don't know what Christmas is looking like for a lot of us, but, you know, just be blessed. We are the land of the living and um, God has a purpose for us. And we look forward to carrying it out with you. Amen. Us. So you guys be sure to like us on Facebook or on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and all those good pages. And we'll see you next Tuesday at seven o'clock on the Can I Live podcast. Good night. Good night. Good night.